we're in a season and, and we've talked about the reset a few weeks ago and the, the, the couple of sermons and we've, we're meeting with our, with our core leadership as well and I'm just, just, um, just dropping some little nuggets, a few hand grenades, um, just, just trying to um, hopefully dismantle and reshape some things for us and, uh, and doing the same here in giving us the right understanding as to how God has not just established us, but where in some ways we are um, uh, believing that God has a framework that he's wanting to establish that will be a framework that will extend beyond uh, what we're doing here. Last week I, I touched on briefly this idea of the oikos and the ecclesia. So these are two Greek words. Oikos means family or household. And ecclesia is the word that is most commonly translated as church uh, in the New Testament. So it's a Greek word, both Greek words. So oikos, the oikos of God is the household of God, the family of Jesus. So it's Jesus' family. And the ecclesia is, it belongs to Jesus as well, but it is the, the spiritual governing body that belongs to Jesus. Now we have, I think probably primarily, we have a cultural understanding of what that word church means. And I just want to present to you today that maybe our cultural understanding based upon recent, more recent history of the life of the church, that it is a cultural understanding that's not actually based upon a biblical understanding. Take a big deep breath. So this is really important to me because I'm like, if I'm gonna cost myself to follow Jesus, I wanna make sure I'm doing the right thing. I wanna make sure that it's a worthwhile investment, otherwise it'll be a big fat waste of my time. And I'm the kind of person that I don't mind questioning everything. I'm okay with that. It doesn't dismantle my faith if I ask questions about God or about things or the things that we do. And particularly when we started this church, I was like, well, if I'm gonna you know, start a church, I wanna make sure I'm doing the right thing that God would have and not just follow on what's maybe happened in culture. And again, I know there's also part of me that's kind of the apostolic reformational reformer type thing, which I just can't get away from. I don't apologize for it. I can say, sorry, it's not an apology. I'm just, I'm sorry for you. Um, I'm not sorry for me because I know it's part of the nature of Jesus. Um, so much of what Jesus did was reshaping the way that people thought and the way that people lived. That is what repentance means. The Greek word metanoia, which means to change your mind. It's to think in a different way. So when Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he's saying you need, to, you need a complete rewiring of the way that you think about God, about the church, about everything, because it's, it's all gonna change. Even his disciples, they didn't quite get it. He kept explaining it to them, they didn't understand. Um, but that is what repentance is. And we need to be not just in repentance, we, we get repenting for your sin. Cool, get that, understand, yeah, I've got to repent for my sin. But you probably also need to repent for your ways that you think about life, about authority, about the church, about God. You know, most of us, we need to repent for our view of God because we base our view of God on, on earthly relationships and all those sorts of things. So it's just, we're just in this constant process of repentance. Uh, repentance is a really good thing. Don't ever be afraid of repentance. It's like being afraid of, uh, well, maybe we are afraid of the truth. Denial is also there, but you know what I mean? Like it's, like it's a good thing. I don't wanna live like a fool and missing it. I wanna know the truth. So these two words are important to understand because they will shape our, um, our expression of the life that we live together as the people of God. And so when we talk about oikos, so that the family of God and the ecclesia, the governing uh, body of God, it's not one or the other. And it's not some versus the others either. So not saying, oh, well, we're gonna do household and that those guys over there, they can do church ecclesia. It's like, no, no, it's... it's we need to be doing both of those things. And it's not like even when the church, oh, well, you're more, you're more kind of oikos type people, you know? You love just the, the family type things, but man, I'm more of an ecclesia person over here. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's both together at the same time is important. That's God's design for it. Both must coexist and we are all both, or we're meant to be both. 
So I'm someone who belongs to the family of God and I operate as the church of God. But we need some reshaping of what that word means. So both carry identity and both have functions associated with them. So there is a fact of being, I'm, I'm being, but I'm also doing. Being and doing. Family on mission is what I like to call it. So when Jesus starts talking to his disciples about the church, you need to understand there was no religious context for the people that he was speaking to. We think church, we think, oh, they, they would have understood what church meant, you know, getting together and worshiping and singing and doing all of those sorts of things. No. So when Jesus says to, uh, to Peter, Matthew 16, 18, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. When he says that word church, if he was talking to, as he is, a Jewish person, to give them an understanding of what they understood the religious gathering framework to be, he would have said, you know, you are... Um, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my synagogue. Or on this rock I will build my temple. But he says, on this rock I will build my ecclesia. Now, to a Jewish person, you would have said, hold on a second, that's a, that's a Roman word. That's what the Romans do. That's not what, that's not what us Jews do. Oh, you must have missed, you meant synagogue, Jesus. Because synagogue, I get. Yeah, you're gonna use me to establish a, a new synagogue or I'll use me to build a new temple. That's what you're saying, Jesus. Yes, I'm Peter and we're gonna go, we're gonna find a place and we're gonna build a new temple and I'm gonna be you know, helping to, to lay the foundation for that. Is that, that's what you're saying, Jesus. That's not what he's saying. He's borrowing a word from their culture that had no religious connotation to it. It was a civil word. So uh, an ecclesia to Roman people was like a local council, a governing body of a, of a region. They would get together and they would vote on things and they would you know, organize stuff. So like we have you know, a local city council. So we are in the city of Rockingham. There is a city council that's filled with city councillors and they make decisions on behalf of the people who live in that city. So they determine culture, they determine um, where you can build, what you can build, all that sort of stuff. So they determine structure, they determine um, you know, how, the, how beautiful the place looks, how, how, how's all the rubbish gonna get taken away, all of that sort of stuff. You think of all of the departments in a council, they have a role of, of governing the affairs of a particular region. So Jesus is taking this word and he's bringing it into the church now. And he's like, you are gonna be an ecclesia. He's saying this, Peter, I'm gonna build my ecclesia or ecclesia, depending on where you are. So Jesus took a word from outside their religious framework to give a description as to how his people would operate in the earth. Has everyone heard of a basilica? St. Peter's Basilica? Heard of that word? So it's a shape of a, of a kind of building and, and a framework for that. So again, that is, was another Roman word. That was just the shape of a particular Roman building that they would use. But a lot of, again, after Constantine, a lot of stuff was borrowed from Roman culture that influenced the church. But this, again, is another, the word apostle. How many apostles are there do we hear about in the, in the Old Testament? None. Because there weren't any. Because it was a Roman word that Jesus took. He said, see that word there that the Romans use? You're not, you don't, guys don't do that because you're Jews, but you certainly know how the Romans operate and you're gonna be like that. Oh, so those people that, that go and they, they, they go into a culture and they establish the culture of the place where they've come from, that's what an apostle would do, would go into a region that would set the culture of Rome, you know, that's how Rome spread. It wasn't just that they took over places and said, oh, well, you can do whatever you want to and you belong to us. It's like, no, you are gonna be just like us in every way. Your architecture's gonna be the same all of your buildings, all the cultural things, all the ways that you govern things, your sanitation, everything like that, you know? What have the Romans ever done for us, anyway? And uh, only a few people get that joke, it's okay. Um, and, uh, wow, that, whoosh. It's Monty Python, Life of Brian, people, the Judean people's front, sorry, it's the people's front of Judea. It's a, my, my old, my pastor from my old church, Colin, he would, he would, appreciating that. One person should have invited him along for today just for that joke, just to push and get a laugh, but anyway. 
So he's borrowing something from culture to give a description because, again, in, in the current framework for how the, the church would operate, there, there wasn't any of that. So Jesus is reshaping thing, and that's part of their, they're gonna go, okay, whoosh, means we've got to really think differently about how we operate now, because we're not going to be operating under the old way. We're going to be operating under a new way, and so he's bringing that in. So again, uh, in Acts, in the book of Acts, they'd meet daily in the temple and in their homes. They didn't start new temples and new synagogues. They didn't go and say, okay, we're going to replicate that sort of stuff. The point wasn't the place that they met together, but how they functioned when they met together. So he said, well, we're gonna keep going to the temple, but we're gonna function as the, this ecclesia within the, this system of Judaism. And we're gonna bring in, we're gonna to start to administrate the spiritual reality of heaven amongst these people. And we're gonna start, and we're gonna go into regions, and we're gonna establish a different culture. And that is how the church spread. For a few hundred years, before it was ruined, the missional you know, movement was ruined well, I guess it was ruined by the church when they handed over to Constantine and all that sort of stuff and they became you know, part of Jewish culture, or sorry, uh, Roman culture. But before that, that's how it was just literally the, the nature of the people of God would draw people into them and because they, they lived a radically different culture to the culture of the day. There's, there's um, evidence of that, uh, that the church would grow because the women in the church would go out onto the rubbish piles because that's where you would dump your female baby. If you had a female baby, like you wanted a male because they're gonna be able to work for you and, and they're gonna continue on the family name. And so if you had, maybe you'd have one girl, but if you had too many girls, you'd take them down the rubbish tip and you'd throw them on the rubbish pile just for them to die. And, uh, and so then the Christian women would go out and they'd rescue these babies and they'd raise them as their own. They were taking orphans. And, but just things like that, they just lived in a radically different way to the culture around them. That's how the church grew. But they started to govern not just how they lived their lives, but there's this whole other reality of spiritually governing a, a region, whatever sphere of authority that the Lord gives to a local people. The word church in the Bible is never used to describe a meeting place or a meeting time. The disciples of Jesus were an oikos that functioned as an ecclesia. They were a family that functioned as a governing body. So again, as I mentioned, I kind of touched on it last week, how I used to joke around, you know, like a swear jar if you use the word church wrong. Um, but I didn't kind of explain more of that. But that's kind of what I'm saying is that we, we might call this, oh, this is church. Either this building or this time. Oh, you're going to church on Sunday. I'll see you at church. Oh, where are you meeting? Oh, at the church. None of those have any grammatical reference to how that word was used in scripture. So for me, I'm like, well, that's kind of, that's, it's, that's confusing then. <laughs> it's confusing to say this is one thing and yet, oh, well, it's not. And we call it that and then we say, no, the church is the people. Oh, yeah, of course we know the church is the people. Then why are you calling it a building? Or why are you calling it a meeting place? Now, again, the issue is, oh, what's, it's just a word, Brad. It's a really incredibly important word. It's really, really important because the right understanding of that will literally determine how you function under the Lordship of Jesus. It will radically change that. Well, if church is a time and a place, then essentially it's my attendance at a particular venue. And I have fulfilled the mark of what the, the ecclesia is. Done. I went there at that time and then I went home again. And then I came back the next week. At that time, we did some things and we went home again. If that's the marker of all that it is, as I said last week, I mean, people, we can do that. I just won't be there. Because I'll waste my time doing something else. But if the ecclesia is the spiritual governing body that Jesus has established on the earth, so we're supposed to be dealing with the matters of the kingdom spiritually, supernaturally, and releasing the people of God as well to to administer that in the natural, it's not just a spiritual thing, but it has a highly spiritual reality to it, then really where we gather and the time that we gather is, is really insignificant. What we do when we gather is incredibly significant. So how we shape and how we do what we do when we gather together is really important because it's important to Jesus because it has a function to it. So if we say, yeah, we're the church, but do we do any of the things that Jesus established the church to do? 
Well, you might do family things. You might do a whole lot of oikos, and that's good. Oikos is good. The family of God represents the family of heaven. God is a family God. He is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He establishes spiritual mothers and fathers. Like all of that language is woven into the kingdom. And if we are just ecclesia, if we're just kind of getting this like governing, militaristic thing and we're not getting the family thing, then we're, we're, we're missing something. But if all we're doing is the family thing, we're not getting actually the, the governing and the establishment of the kingdom and the tearing down of strongholds and all that sort of stuff, then we're, then we're missing it. We're, we're getting it wrong. We're taking a portion and it's not the fullness. And again, you've got to realize, why isn't the church having an impact on the culture around us? The culture does not care. The world does not care about your opinion. The only time that the church has ever consulted on anything is usually to do when there's some sort of moral failure of a person and they'll go and talk to clearly the most disconnected culturally person from the world's culture and even in maybe from the church's culture and ask their opinion on things, not because they care for their opinion, but they just, I don't know, it's just a, some sort of token, yeah, kind of thing they wanna do. Not only does the church not want to know, like they, they're not interested in our opinion, they don't want our opinion. It's like, no, shut up, church. You guys are so Oh, you're so archaic and you're thinking you have no understanding of what the modern world is like. So we just don't want anything to do with your opinion. So do your little club over there on a Sunday. Do all that sort of stuff. We don't mind, just keep it indoors. Keep to yourself, we're all good, okay? And a few people were like, we'd love it if you paid taxes, you know? That's kind of, that's pretty much all you hear from the world, like in relation to the church. Keep it to yourself, keep it on a Sunday, don't bring it to my workplace, I'll be hearing that stuff about Jesus all the time, I'm not interested. Because the reality is, the, the majority of impact is like, well, okay, yeah, I'm interested in Jesus, what, what's it all about? Well, um, you, you've gotta pray a prayer to start with. Um, you can do that anytime, best if you do it on a, on a Sunday at a church and you come forward and you do that, so is that the best place? But you know, we could work out something else. Uh, you probably get baptized, and then you start like reading the book about Jesus, and, uh, and you start coming along and hanging out and we sing songs about Jesus and, uh, and we, um, we learn, then someone else teaches us more about Jesus and, uh, and then like, we have, oh, there's coffee, <laughs> of course. Um, Christian crack, you know, like we've got to have something to, you know, to, to get it, keep us going. Some sort of culturally acceptable vice for us to live under. And, uh, and, then, and, then, and then we kind of go home. And uh, like, yeah, you, I mean, you talk to God sometimes if you remember and if you don't get busy, but uh, you pretty much just live your life trying not to do bad things. And then you come back again the next week. And you're awesome. Yeah, wow. No wonder the world is being transformed by the kingdom of God. If that's what we do, if that's what we're all about, that's like, that's like potent. Man, like this, it's radical. Or maybe that's not what Jesus had in mind when he was hung on a cross. Maybe he had something different in mind. He said, no, no, actually, remember I prayed that prayer, guys. My kingdom come, my will be done. The king's domain, the dominion of the king, that that would be established on the earth in the same way that it is in heaven. So in heaven, when Jesus says something, everyone does that thing. There's no choice of obedience. There's probably no thought of disobedience. It's like, yes, Lord, we go. But I mean, how much, even on a personal level, how hard is it sometimes for Jesus to get people to do the simplest of things? Not you guys, obviously, but you know, those, that friend of yours, you know. <laughs> but he's wanting to, to, to radically transform cultures. And the way, one of the ways that we need to do that is we need to deal with whatever's in spiritual authority over a region, over a city, over a household. Because those things, that's the principalities and powers and demonic forces that Paul, the Apostle Paul speaks of when he talks about in Ephesians 6, but also when he talks about tearing down strongholds, you know, which are strongholds of thought, but they come from demonic powers over regions that set, that actually alter the way that people think. I'm not talking about putting on your alfoil hat to block out the frequencies. It's not a governmental conspiracy. I'm talking about spiritually, spiritual realities, okay? So again, the issue with misusing the word church is that words are, as I said last week, words are descriptive, but they're also creative. So when we call it something, we're saying this is what it is. What's the church? 
this building. Thank you very much. Got it, write it down. Now I know. No, 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 it's not a building, guys. It's a time when we meet together. See you at church on Sunday. Hey, we got church online. What the hell, the heck? <laughs> Come on, if that's the worst, I could have used lots of other words. It's on my mind, tick, 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 landed on hell. And uh, I should have, if it was one over, it would have been heck. Uh, so, like, what on earth are people talking about? Like, that's been the result, again, and I mean, we did online, but it was to connect with our family, but it's like, if that's, that's what it is, oh, well, we can do it online now. So you're gonna sit at home and consume and what, this is church. How was church on Sunday? Yeah, it was good. Sat in my jocks, ate popcorn, watched the sermon, you know? Yeah. My region was radically transformed by the fact that I sat down and watched a screen for 45 minutes, because that's about as much as I can take. Guys, the sermon was 30 minutes long. What's Jesus want from me? He's trying to suck blood out of me. Because I had to sit there for 45 minutes listening to someone talk. Oh, the worship, oh. Man, they sang that song over and over and over again. As I've said to you before, if you ever find, sometimes we're singing the song over again, come into agreement with it. And then we're like, oh, great, we can move on. Because, <laughs> you, you know, like it's. It's like, what are they waiting for? You! <laughs> Not you guys. The friends. Yeah, I got a mate. So we train people to think and behave in a way that doesn't reflect the meaning and purpose that it was designed to carry. So I don't call this building a church. I don't call this time church. You might know we call it our Sunday gathering. And it's a gathering of the church, but just it's not just a gathering of Christians, but when we gather together, you might have noticed, wow, they do those things and they do those things and they're a little bit different to what I'm used to. Just so you know, we are intentionally different about what we do because we're trying to reflect the ecclesia we're trying to be, no, this is a time where we will govern, where we'll intercede, where we will shift earth to look like heaven through our worship, through our intercession, and sometimes that looks like kneeling, sometimes it looks like shouting, sometimes it looks like facing out this way and decreeing over the stuff. It's all supernatural stuff that we're, that we're engaging in, but this is not a time. See, if you just want family time with God, that's kind of about you and God. When we come and we function as the ecclesia, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus. And now again, how spiritual you are, how, how well you hear the voice of God, that's a personal journey that we're all on. I don't see spiritual things in the same way that Rachel does. I'm not ashamed of that. Because some of it is like, I'm just, I'm not wide, I'm not gifted in that way. But do I wanna hear the voice of God? Absolutely I do. Is that my responsibility to pursue that? Absolutely it is. But you know what, if you come here and you go, well, I'm not a seer, I'm not prophetic like that. I don't see like that person sees. You don't have to, you have to come into agreement. So you can come into agreement and say, I don't see what you see, but I trust you and I'm believing you and I'm not getting anything different, so I'm with you. If you're in an army and you're on the battlefield, you wanna be hearing from the commander. That's the safest place. Because you don't wanna run out in the battlefield and get halfway out and go, oh, I'm on my own. Crap, <laughs> like that's a dangerous place to be. But at the same time, if people keep charging, you're like, there, a, a mortar just went off and I can't hear, I'm kind of deaf, but I see all the troops running that way, I'm with them. Because again, I could be out in the battlefield on my own or I could be sitting back in the trench on my own. I wanna be where the people are going. So again, don't feel like you have to be a super spiritual, you know, kind of seeing mystical portals in the spirit, all that sort of stuff, to be in agreement. You'd be like, Lord, well, I know they're singing out. and Well, it's truth. Number one, I can agree with truth because I know that in the scriptures because I, I know the scriptures because I, I, I read them on myself, you know, and I, or I, and I listen to sermons and I do that. It's like, it's part of me. Yeah, I get that. I see, yeah, Jesus is good. Well, Lord, I'm just, I'm not hearing anything specific because I know I'm still on a journey of being able to hear from you clearly or see what you're seeing, but I can be in agreement. Absolutely. I can follow along and I can partner in because that's what this time is about. It's about agreement and partnership. It's not about personal preference. 
It's not about how the songs that you like to sing or how long it's supposed to be that is your preference. It's, just, it's not. It's, I, and this is the thing that kind of blows my mind. It's like, oh, wow, people think it's like that. And I get it. When church gatherings, what people would call church, are often designed around people. How long can the sermon be? Well, what's people's, you know, statistical attention span? 17 and a half minute sermon, that's what we'll do. Can't go over that, because the people might get, oh, it's too much for me. Like, oh, boo-hoo, like, seriously. Like, if that's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's oh, it just does my head in. I'm gonna settle skitzing out here. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not, well, it's, not, it's not about your preference, it's about his preference. Now, there's always gonna be a cultural dynamic. There's always gonna be songs that we sing. I mean, these, we're not writing these songs. Um, we, you know, we had some of them, yeah. But, but it's like, oh, well, that song's, and we love that, and it's usually about the words that have been declared. That's the song. But the style of the song, look, it's just modern worship kind of tunes. We could do hip-hop if you want. But I think most of that would be a way more of a kind of cultural shift to get into that. But we could. And I'd say if we're in, a, in, a, in an environment that was the dominant culture, then would adopt some of those things. So it really isn't about the style of song, and you'll probably notice that different people pick different songs, they have different styles, and how they sing, all that sort of stuff. But it's not about any of those things. So I come and I'm like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm here, Jesus, what do you want? In this time, I'm setting apart two hours a week on a Sunday, specifically, to gather together corporately to do whatever you wanna do, Jesus. You ever been with your kids, and we're like, we're just gonna do whatever you wanna do today. I'm like, yeah, they get so excited. I like candy, pop, you know, like just, let's go this and playground. I used to do that on Mondays with Abigail before she was started school. So I would, that would be daddy day on my day off on a Monday. And we'd just go wherever she wanted to go. She loved it. And I think Jesus is the same. So you're gonna give me your time and we can go wherever I wanna go. Yes, Jesus. Now look, the reality is that's supposed to be every single day of your life. But it's a good training ground to learn. But there is also a corporate element to what we're doing. So the church is not a building, it's not a time in the week, it's a, it's a people, but it's a people with a particular function. And if the function isn't being fulfilled, then it's not the church. So we call it something else. If we just wanna get together and just, yeah, sing, I mean, we can sing songs about Jesus, awesome. But if we're not tuning in to say, what do you wanna do, Jesus? That to me says, well then, we're not convening any sort of council. We're not bringing them together, say, Jesus, what, what are your plans? What do you want us to administrate on the earth today? What do you want us to change? What strongholds do you want us to tear down? What do you want us to release into the atmosphere? Because we have authority to do that under the Lordship of Jesus. What do you want, Lord? I want you to dance. I don't like dancing, Jesus, but because you like dancing, I'm gonna go dancing. I want you to shout out. I don't like shouting, Jesus. But because you want me to shout, I'll shout, Jesus. I want you to lay down on your face. I don't like laying down on my face, Jesus. But because you like me laying down on my face, I'll lay down on my face, Jesus. Whatever you want. So you see, the process is about yielding. It's about agreement. And it's not about me at all. Oftentimes things happen, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd do it a different way, or I'd go a different place, or I'd, you know. I'm tired. Oh, it's good. And again, I think of Jesus. I think he was probably tired at times in his life. He's probably tired of me sometimes. Anyway, it's not the end of the sermon, but we are going to watch a little video. So this is a guy. His name is Dutch Sheets, and uh, and he's from the U.S. And he's got, it's just when you listen to it, I could go and redo his teaching, but it just wouldn't be the same. It's better to come from, uh, from him. He is um, displaying the differences in between oikos and ecclesia. So between the household, the family of God, and the army of God, essentially. And so he's doing it. Now, he is obviously speaking to people that he knows. So he's like pretty like direct. He's full on. He is more prophetically, apostolically wide, and he jokes about that, but he is, it's not saying that he is one or the other, one is more important, but I think he's bringing in that we need to be doing both of them in order to fully function as his people. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes I feel like I can be pastoral at times, often. <laughs> often, sometimes too much maybe, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
but I know how to be straightforward. So just view him in that light. He's like, he's, he's, he's a lovely, amazing person, but also he's being direct in what he's wanting to bring forth. So, yeah. So I'm going to just list, I'm going to categorize these. Wish I had the PowerPoint, but next time. Seven different categories. What it looks like and what we've been doing as an oikos, house of God. And when he adds ecclesia, what it looks like. And since I don't have a PowerPoint, I have some little aids here. <laughs> so when I say this side, you're going to see family. And all the pastoral, loving, kind people are going to stand up and probably shout me down. But when I hold this up, what is that? That's ecclesia. So I'm going to go through some of this so quickly. All I want to do is say oikos, ecclesia, and describe what that looks like. Are you with me so far? Can you follow me on this? So you don't need to write. You need to look up here or the screens. Okay. So oikos, crossing over into also the understanding of ecclesia. The first of the seven categories is simply the overall concept, which I've already basically described, so I'll just review it. We are a family. We are a body. We are the bride. We are his flock of sheep. This is the relational aspect of the kingdom of God. Are we going to abandon it? No, we are not. This is the governmental, legislative, congressional side. Ambassadors, warriors, soldiers, the governmental and military side. We've been struggling to enter into this. We haven't done it real well. And in fact, those of us that are trying to do it, you just need to know right now we're a remnant. In fact, we're a remnant of the remnant. There's going to be a tremendous tension between the two. Uh, people telling me all the time, you need to quit talking about the warfare stuff. You need to quit talking about the governmental stuff. You just need to love each other. And all the pastoral people are saying, if you just love each other, everything would be okay. And we loved each other through the charismatic movement. We lost America. Because we didn't understand that we're an ecclesia called to disciple a nation. So while we were getting people saved, the world around us was discipling America. I said, while we were getting them saved, the world around us was discipling America. And they took over government. And they took over education. And they took over media and arts and entertainment. And we're going to take it back. Family. Relationships. Government. Army. And this one, point number one, the overall aspect. Jesus is the shepherd, the groom, the elder, firstborn brother. This side, Jesus is king, lord, and master. And he knows how to distinguish between the two. Number two, category two. The primary fivefold gifts needed to do these things well. Now keep in mind, these are not in competition with each other, even though there is a tension. It's a good tension. But I'm not saying this is better or this is better. I'm saying this side does this and this side does that. So this is the way I see the five-fold ministry gift breakdown for these things. I see that for the family side of this, basically the gifts we need most are evangelist, pastor, teacher. Because the evangelist multiplies the family and the pastor cares for the family and the teacher teaches the family. I'm not saying you don't have apostolic and prophetic input here, but I am saying you can do this without it. We've proven that for several years. But the gifts that I think are the most important here are apostle, prophet, and teacher. Because the apostle is going to oversee the whole operation and commission this government and this functioning army. The prophet's going to discern and, and, uh, tr and recognize timing and direct this group of people. And teachers are also going to teach and train. So I think that's the mix. And in this one, Jesus is the head administrator, coordinator, high priest, and good shepherd. In this one, he's the commander-in-chief, chief apostle, general overseer, and bishop. 
And you better know when you're dealing with the commander-in-chief and when you're dealing with the great shepherd. Because the great shepherd will pat you on the back, but the commander-in-chief will kick you in the backside. Major category three. The biblical descriptive terms associated with these. This is a family, a household. This is a Congress. If we, you see, we haven't had this, but if we don't have this, if all we have is household and family, you know what will happen? Somebody else is going to write the laws we live by. If the church doesn't rise up into that mountain and make itself known through spiritual warfare and also filling those positions, if we don't do that, we can worship all we want and be a nice little happy family, but somebody else is going to write the laws. So this is a family, this is a congress, this is a flock, this is an army, this is a bride, these are Nazarites, this is his body, this is his voice. In the, six, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, we lost our voice. I don't know if you know that. The world doesn't care what we have to say. They recognize us as a family. They will respect us as long as we leave them alone and just love each other. But do not try to be a voice because they don't recognize us as a voice anymore. In fact, they mock us when we try to have a voice. But I have news for them. Court is in session and God is about to give us back our voice and raise up an ecclesia in the earth. And in these biblical descriptive terms as individuals, in this we are family members, in this one we are citizens of the kingdom. In this one we are children of God. In this one we are sons of God. In this one we are heirs of God. In this one we are partners with God. You notice that these have to do with rights and privileges. These have to do with responsibilities. Do you see the difference? You have rights and privileges as a child of God, as an heir of God, and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. But this is not about your rights and privileges. This is about your assignment and your responsibility to the king and as a citizen of the kingdom. And it's not about you. It's all about him. This one is about you. This is not about you. Biblical descriptions, we're still on that. This one we are sheep. Here we are soldiers. Here we are farmers. Here we are judges. It's good to be a farmer. Somebody's got to plant the seed and tend it. But you know what? It's good to be a judge because somebody needs to know law. This one we're priests. This one we're kings. This one we're healers. Yes, the church can be a hospital. This one we are destroyers. We tear down strongholds. Bring down principalities and powers. Structures that oppose Him. We deal with. Here we are ministers of the new covenant. Here we are legislators of the kingdom. Here we are anointed with oil for fragrance and healing and abilities. Here it's not oil, it's salt and light. We are here to preserve this earth and enlighten people. We are a city set on a hill meant to give direction, meant to give life, meant to send forth understanding and revelation to the cities and nations of the earth. And you've got to know when it's time to heal and when it's time to be salt. This side, Jesus is the Son of Man. Here, He's the Son of God. You might mess with Him and get away with it here. But over here, let me tell you something. You better kiss the Son. Because He has an iron scepter with which He's going to shatter nations and kings. Major area four. Our mission and assignment. You see, it's different here than here. And you have to understand 
when you're dealing with Bethel or it's going to be a year of war. You have to know that we are called to both. And you've got to know when to gather and worship and love one another and build up one another and teach one another and worship Him and take care of sheep. And you've got to know when to go to war. Our mission, our assignment, our mission is Mark 16. Preach, convert, multiply the family for Him. Our mission here is Matthew 28, Disciple Nations. This one is about awakening, revival, outpouring. This one is about reformation, transformation. This one influences the family and religion mountains. This one will influence the other five. Media, arts, entertainment, business, government, education. The reason we have not been able to influence these mountains is because you cannot do it from here. You cannot do it from here. Does that make this bad? Of course not. It means we do this and then we go do this. This one we multiply, grow the family until he comes. This one we expand and extend kingdom influence and culture until he comes. We do not expand the family by transfer and relocating sheep. We do it, Mark 16. Conversions, born again. Congregation growth is not the same thing as church growth. You can grow your congregation and not grow the church. You're getting my point. You cannot grow the church and not grow congregations. In fact, this side defines success by growth. Appropriately so, if it's the right kind of growth. This defines success by expanding and extending kingdom influence. Our mission and assignment, that's what we're on. The message here is Jesus saves. The message here is Jesus rules and reigns. Here we reconcile and unite. Here we divide and conquer. Here we ask, suggest, and invite our members. Here we command and commission. Once you're in the army, you're not asked to do it anymore. You're commissioned and you are commanded. And that's what happens over here. You can be nice to the sheep, but don't expect the sergeant to come in at 5 in the morning and ask you if you feel led to get up. But if the only understanding that we've had to operate in is this, all we've known how to do is try and coax the sheep into doing something. If they feel led, they do it. If they don't feel led, they don't. Most of them don't, so it doesn't get done. This one we teach. This one we train. This one we save and heal a person. This one we save and heal nations and societies. Here we are cared for. Here we care for ourselves and others. There comes a point in time, I'm sorry, when you've got to learn to feed yourself. Stop going to church every Sunday morning, waiting for somebody to give you your weekly word. Why don't you get your word yourself and hear from God on your own? When are we going to grow up? I've still have people, I have people all over the country come up to me say, do you have a word for me? I say, yeah, grow up. Go get your own word. Do you have a word for me? We are cared for. We care for ourselves and others. Somebody needs to care for us and we care for each other. But here we've grown up we know how to provide. We know how to fight. 
We have faith. We know how to receive. We know how to deal with demons. We know how to resist the devil. We know how to bind and loose. We understand the power of the blood and the name of Jesus. And we resist him even unto the death. We love not our lives under the death because it's not about us anymore. We are ambassadors. Warriors. Here we protect and defend. Here we take risks and we expect others to take risks. Do you see the difference? Here we protect. Here take risks. Here you protect the sheep. This side he'll let you be a martyr. You're not a sheep anymore, you're a soldier. Well, you're a sheep soldier, but whatever. We pray and petition. We war, decree, bind and loose. We worship. We govern. Jesus is Savior, Lamb, and Advocate. Jesus is Lord, King, and Judge. Quickly, our attitudes and paradigms. Here, need and care oriented. Appropriately so. Take care of each other. Need and care oriented. Here, mission and assignment oriented. That was always the tension between my wife and I. What do the people need? Let's take care of them. I sense this is happening in the body. They need this. I don't care what they need. This is our assignment. Well, they're hurting. I don't care if they're hurting. I cared a little bit. I just didn't care a lot. Serving is encouraged and is for the family. Serving is mandatory and it's for the king. Obedience is encouraged, but grace abounds. Obedience is mandatory in order to participate here and truth abounds. Individuality is allowed, even encouraged here. Develop your gifts. Find out who you are. Individuality is okay. Over here, corporality is essential. Not just for the person, but for the congregation. Individuality is even okay, okay to a degree in families, congregations, as long as you don't become so ingrown that that's all you think about. Because even as congregations, corporality in your region is a must. Gathers, this side gathers, assembles, fellowships. This side disperses and sins. This side, they say, stay in the family. This is go. Stay in the family, but go and fulfill your mission. Go find your purpose. Do you see the difference? This happy, healthy family members and healthy sheep is the goal. Here, good soldiers and wise legislators is the goal. This side, you can be separate from the culture. You can go in your little family circle on a Sunday and you can pull out of the culture and you can not think about it. You can be separate from it, but you can't be separate from the culture here. Separation of church and state or any other mountain is, is, is off limits here. Jesus here is our friend. Here he's our commander. I'm almost done. Number six and seven is real short. I've been moving pretty quick. Number six, the tools and understanding that we need for each. Here we need intimacy with God and his family. It's the relational side. We need intimacy with God and family. Here, we need a knowledge of God and His ways. You say, well, no, you can't do it without the other. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about one opposed the other. I'm talking about having both. I'm talking about we've had the intimacy and the worship and the family. We've got to understand His ways and the way the kingdom functions in order to do this. We must understand his principles of what causes the universe, the earth to function properly. 
What does a kingdom business look like? What would a kingdom media look like? What would a kingdom arts and entertainment thing look like? Okay. Understanding of family needed here. Understanding of kingdom. Here we need covenant love. Here we need divine strategy. Here angels minister to us. Here angels minister with us. Here we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Here we need the weapons of our warfare. Here we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Here we need the keys of the kingdom. Here we need love and compassion. Here we need authority. Here we need mercy. Here we need justice and when necessary judgment. Here we need grace. Here we need truth. Here we need a staff. Here we need a scepter. Here we need passion. Here we need zeal. Here we need to lay hands on the sick to heal them. Here we lay hands on to commission. Here Jesus is our provider and partner. Here He's our victor and sender. Number seven, finally, number of completion. I didn't plan it this way, but was led by the Spirit without knowing it. Number seven, completion. It's too late. That went right over some of your heads, I guess. <laughs> it was a joke, okay? I know I'm not good at jokes because I'm not in my pastoral side right now, but... <laughs> what are the results? Very, very simply. Here... The Genesis mandate, family. We're going to keep getting them saved. We're going to keep doing Mark 16. And we're going to keep loving Him, worshiping. And we're going to multiply the family. Reproduction. Here, restoration. Here, family comes. Here, kingdom comes. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. We worship you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mark 16, Matthew 28. Awakenings, reformations, healthy individuals, healthy societies and nations. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Do that every week. Yeah. Amen. You see, this, this reshaping we need, it's, it's required. It's questions that we're just not asking ourselves potentially, uh, and we've just kind of slotted into this pattern, and we're wondering why we're not impacting the culture, why the kingdom isn't spreading, why the, you know, the, uh, the, the people of the world aren't turning to Jesus, uh, because the church has presented a powerless gospel and a powerless reality. So it's up to us to change it. It's up to us to give our yes uh, to it. Um, yeah, I'm not going to teach anymore. I actually went through his whole sermon and, and wrote down all of the, the different parts. I just think it's, uh, it's really brilliant. But um, yeah, I'm just going to pray. And then Ames is going to quickly share about um, our larger house unit one. So coming up. Why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Father, just acknowledge that uh, maybe for, for some of us, maybe for all of us at some stage in our lives, we've said yes to you not knowing what that entailed, Lord. You knew all along and yet for, uh, for generations, Lord, the, maybe it hasn't been part of the culture to, to reflect the, the true expression that you were desiring for your people, Lord. But Father, we give our yes to you today in whatever capacity we have a yes to give, Lord. And if we don't have a yes, then we give you a no, Jesus. 
because you don't want our maybe. You want a no or you want a yes. But Lord, I today, I give you my yes, Jesus. I give you my yes, Lord. I give you my yes to what you're wanting to build in this church, Lord, in this region. Whatever you want to do, I give you my yes, Lord. And I let everyone else here give their yes if they desire to do so, Lord. We're not gonna twist anyone's arm, God, because the calling that you have for us, Lord, is, is gonna cost us, Jesus. And Father, we'll still continue to build family and we'll still continue to operate as your ecclesia, Lord, and you're just going to increase, Lord. Increase our capacity, Father. Increase those being saved, Lord. Increase our wisdom and understanding and our anointing, Lord, to govern well, Jesus. Father, this isn't about dominion and control, Lord. That is the religious spirit. That is the political spirit that you warned of, Jesus. You said, stay away from the leaven of Herod and the Pharisees, Lord. Father, we do not wanna come into a place where now we feel superior, Lord, but we come as servants of the King and servants are in your kingdom, Lord, to bring the administration of heaven to earth, Lord, to build uh, places of reflection, Lord, that reflect your nature, God, that reflect your desire, even as you went about, Lord, healing the sick and setting the captives free, Lord, that that would be a marker of this community, Lord, that people would be radically saved, radically set free, Father, but then they would be sent and commissioned and released to be your people, God to bring your kingdom, Lord, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, Jesus. But Lord, we'll not settle for just family, God. And Lord, we, don't, we won't lose family in the pursuit of mission, God. But it will be family on mission, Lord. Family on mission, Lord. All together, Father. Arm in arm, Lord, moving forward to where you want us to be, Jesus, to where you want us to be going, Lord. Yielded, surrendered to you, God. Filled with love for you and love for people, Lord. Not just love for the church, but love for everyone, Lord. Love for the world, love for our enemies, God. We need your love, Jesus. We need your voice, Jesus. We need your courage, Lord. We need your power. We need you, Holy Spirit. We're saying yes to something that we know, well, you're gonna provide, Lord, because we don't have it in us to be who you want us to be, Lord, to do the things that you're calling us to do. And Father, where we have done and, and, and required healing, Lord, and, and seasons of restoration, God, where we've been even burnt out maybe on the machine of church, God, that we have known. But Lord, I thank you for the time that you're releasing us into. Where it's like, okay, you've come off the battlefield. You've, you've, you've been through that, that medical process. Now it's time to get back out there and you're gonna do it right this time because we're gonna do it with you, Jesus, because it's your plan, Lord. It's your plan, God. And Father, we don't wanna be marked by any other name apart from you, Jesus. And even this, as this community has a name of paradox, Lord, we don't care about the name of paradox, Jesus. We don't want the name of paradox to be famous. We want the name of Jesus to be famous, Lord. It's not our idea, Jesus, it's your idea. It's not Paradox's idea to, to operate in this way. It's your idea, Lord. It's your design. You are the chief apostle, Lord. You are the ultimate prophet. You are the good shepherd. You are the great teacher, Lord. You are the mighty evangelist, Jesus. And we are just following in on your pathway that you have set, Lord. You are the one that is leading and we are simply following you, Lord. But we give you our yes, Jesus. We give you our yes. And we'll count the cost, Lord. Because having you and seeing you glorified is gonna be way more worthy, Lord, than any cost that we carry, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, we love you, and we trust you, Lord, to lead us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please take a seat. Thank you for that, Brad. Can we give him a hand? Thank you for the cost, Brad, as well. Uh, my name is Amy. I'm one of the pastors here. And yeah, so we've got one week, and the next week we're bringing the swear jar for the way that we use the word church. It's gonna be sitting in the middle of the table. Uh, but just if it helps, if we're referring to this place, let's use the word property. We're meeting at the? We're meeting at the? 
because it actually um, teaches people we're coming into contact with and people we're discipling that it's an inactive thing to do to be a Christian and to be, part, to be one of the people in the church. So we, we meet at the property and Sundays at 3 p.m. is our gathering. It's our gathering time. In case I'm going to the gathering, can even say it like that. Um, but this is the gathering on the property. And let's just use the word church when it has to do with a people who govern people who govern. And if our sentence is around talking about, uh, I belong to this people who govern, then let's use the word church then. Does that make sense? Awesome. Um, So I'm just going to uh, discuss a couple of things that are coming up, but I'm going to say goodbye to the people that are online joining us. Thank you so much for tuning in for that, and the Lord bless you. Mm -hmm.